Hello, guys. Welcome back to the FI Talk podcast. I'm your host, AJ, and I'm here with my co-host, Pa. And if you have been following us for a little while, our first few episodes were mainly about how to get your personal finance in order, paying off debt, savings, and getting your expenses low, and all this other stuff that we have discussed in these first few episodes. The first ones were a little bit of more of a simplified personal finance if you can say it that way, more like a, an elementary level. And today we are going to dive into a little bit more advanced topic of personal finance, which is trying to figure out how much you would need to be financially independent. And to help me with that, I have my co-host here, Pop. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. How about yourself? Man, I'm doing great. Just tired. Been working all day yesterday, picking up stuff and boxing stuff to send to um, Africa. You know, it's so much fun to be able to give back. And yeah, yesterday we went around all around town just shopping, not only not shopping for ourselves, but shopping for other people. You can you can be pretty surprised by how much you make an impact in other people's life by just giving them you soccer ball from like Goodwill or you know, anything as simple as that or some food items or bed sheets, anything like that and make a big impact on other people's life. How about your weekend? Before I talk about my weekend, I would just want to say that you guys are doing a great job by trying to give back to the folks back home who are less, uh, less fortunate than, than we are over here. So I uh, just want to give you kudos for that. You know, you and your family for the spirit of giving that you guys have. And you've told me that this is something that you guys do very often. It's, it's something that I'm really proud of for you, yeah, you guys doing it. So it is amazing. Yeah, it's fun for us. You know, it's not only uh, when you give, it's not only about who you give into. It's what it does to you when you, you know, exactly. you know, it, it, you know the impression, the, the joy that, that comes back. It's a wonderful feeling, man. Absolutely. You know, it, is, it, it is a wonderful feeling. But unfortunately, if you don't have, you cannot yeah. give. Absolutely. So that's, that's why we're here talking about financial independence and how to be able to be. Uh, financially independent and be able to give back. But um, for me, my weekend, I mean, my weekend was uh, was very, very eventful, I will say. As you know, we moved into this, uh, we moved to the Seattle area a few months ago. And because of the COVID, you know, we couldn't do a whole lot. But um, we started kind of venturing out, um, seeing what this place has to offer. And one of the places we went to yesterday was uh, Bainbridge Island. Um, this is about, you know, a couple of miles away from Seattle, but the, the fun part about it is you have to get in a ferry to go to Bainbridge. And surprisingly, this was the first time that my kids have ever been in a ferry. So they were excited <laughs> yesterday and um, it was good. I haven't been in a ferry in a long time myself, my wife too. So it was very, very exciting. And just the views that you get to have when you're on that ferry, they're just breath. They're just absolutely breathtaking. You know, yeah. looking at the skyline of Seattle, looking at the other side, looking at Bainbridge Island. It was just amazing, honestly. Yeah. Um, did you guys just walk around the town? I, I, when we first went there, we didn't take our car. Um, we just got off the ferry and started walking and we found some really nice small restaurants, you know, eating places. It's a nice little town. I think I've been there a couple of times. Uh, the second time, I think we get to take our car and drive around town and, you know, enjoy more of the scenery and stuff. What did you guys do? Well, because this was our first time, we didn't know the place. So we were um, riding in our car. So okay. we kind of rode around for a little bit. But if we have to do it again next time, we will just park our cars. And because like 
that little strip that they have right there is just right after you get off the ferry you mm-hmm. can just walk to the little strip and it has all the shops and all these restaurants you know bookstores and everything so that is something that we plan on doing next time around absolutely man that's amazing um i'm glad that you're getting around and to know more of the seattle there's a lot to do around here man that's a lot uh, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of islands too i would like to visit all the islands if i can oh yeah yeah i've been to the other one too there basically when you go to seattle there's um you can either go to Bainbridge or Bremerton Island. So, yes, Bremerton, yeah, yes. Bremerton. I've been to that one also. It's nice. It's nice. I oh, mean, it's okay. a very nice day trip. Doesn't cost a lot. and Exactly. You know, it's so much fun. Yeah, yeah there's Basically, another one close there. I think it's called Vashon Island or something like that. And okay. there's the San Juan Islands also. So yeah. these are all places that we are targeting that we would like to go and see how it is. Yeah. And then the other thing is about the ferry too. It's a nice ride. I mean, if you get on top of the ferry, if you get out of your car, I mean, it's a nice yes. ride. And then we, yeah, I think the last time we got on a ferry, we were coming back from Kingston. We took the Edmonds Ferry. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Part to uh, get to jump onto our topic here. What I want to set is the draw the picture here of a normal, traditional path of um, career. Okay. You get you get 12 years of education all the way to high school, go to college. The normal person gets student loan debt for four years of college, maybe six or undergraduate or graduate school. After that, you start your career job. And once you start your career job, you have all the student loan hanging out and then you want you buy the new car or maybe two new cars parked in your driveway, the luxury cars. You got those on payments and then you buy the big house. Uh, a huge mortgage that's coming with with that with that house, and then you uh, you start going on vacation. Maybe you're saving three percent or five percent, or if you're doing really good, you're saving ten to fifteen percent. The normal traditional route, and then you keep doing that for a couple of years. Finance another car and go on vacation, enjoying the the life, and wake up when you're sixty-five with maybe some money in in retirement, and time to enjoy that money that's just a traditional path and by the time you're 65 you know you have some money some people even in the traditional uh, lifestyle don't even have enough to retire on it and uh, you you either depend on social security or uh, some of your uh, if you're lucky you have a pension that that is paying you money and that's what you're gonna be uh, that's when you stop working and then you uh, and start enjoying life that's the picture that we're looking at. And to be honest, I was on that path. For the first 10 years of my working career, I, w- I didn't know any better. I was just doing the same path. You know, I, I told you I bought a brand new car. Uh, it came with a heavy payment. Uh, I had the credit card debt that was hanging out 20%, 25% interest rate. I was saving very little. The only thing I was saving was the ma- actually the mandatory 5% of the pension. So this is what we're talking about here and try to contrast it with when we get better information about the FI community and what, how different this path is with what we now know as the FI movement. Yes, that is true, um, AJ. I would just um, like to go back to what you started with, which is the traditional route that's mo- that most people take. And everybody thinks that that's the normal thing. And for the most part, it is the normal thing until FI 
came out. That's when people started thinking different about money. I'm not sure whether, I'm pretty sure there could have been some who are practicing FI, but it wasn't as mainstream as it is now. Just kind of looking at the like 401k balances, you know, the IRA balances, you know, by age, you know, and that kind of stuff. Most people, their savings rate is very, very low. If they continue on that trajectory, I mean, retirement as we know it will not be the same anymore because most people are really, really falling behind. I mean, if you look at the average 40 something year old, I mean, they have less than $100,000, you know, in retirement savings. I mean, if you are in your 50s, you probably have about, you know, 150, you know, 160 or so. So you cannot retire on that. So I think having this FI or financial independence or just the FIRE, which is the financial independence retire early concept um, has really given people another perspective of what retirement should be or, you know, how to go about retirement. So I'm really, really excited that we are talking about this today and um, can't wait to um, get a whole lot more into it. I love that word that you brought, perspective. Perspective. It's a mindset. So basically, the first 10 years of my working career was basically following the herd, following the norm. And then my perspective changed, my mindset changed about it when I have better information, when I found out about this fire movement. And in this fire movement, we are going to discuss what is the goal? Is it money? Is it time? Is it freedom? What does that mean? So changing from the normal, which is graduate college, get the loans, get the big house, get the student loans, get the uh, big car, the, the cars, and keep financing cars every three to five years, and then follow that path, and saving very little, and wake up when you're when you're uh, 65 or 70 and finally got time, you're retired and now you got time to enjoy your money that you've been saving versus changing a little bit of your perspective, changing a little bit of your mindset and looking at things differently. I bought that brand new car, but when my mindset changed, I, I'm, I still drive that car. I'm probably going to drive it for another 10 years. It's 10 years old now, but I'm probably going to drive it for another 10 years. What that means for me is I haven't had a car payment in seven years. I paid off that car real quickly because I know more information. I have better information. So we're going to talk about what it means. We're going to talk about when we have enough uh, and what enough is for anyone. What that path looks like versus the path that I just painted, which is the traditional path, which almost everybody is on. So I think one thing that we're going to do here, AJ, um, this is not something that we even talked about before we even started, but it just came to my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this fire uh, or fire community has a lot of people who doubt it, saying that, you know, this is not realistic. You know, we haven't had people who have been in this fire for, you know, like who, who have retired for the past 20 years or so and see how the things have gone, mm-hmm. you know, because it's something that's fairly new. So, what I'm going to do over here, I'm going to be the devil's advocate. And you will be the one that is going to have to, you know, convince me that fire is actually the way to go. Man, you're but, going to put me on the spot. Right. So I'm going to put you <laughs> on the spot. And I'm so I'm going to be, you know, throwing out some questions or some doubts. And you just tell our listeners, you know, what is it that 
or why they need to consider FI. Okay. So, well, um, right. yeah, I'll take the challenge. Uh, it's a, I think it's a worthy challenge. Let's do it. Right. Okay. So the first one is usually income. In order to be financially independent, you have to make a really good income. You have to make at least six figures. You have to be a doctor. You have to be a lawyer. You have to have this big income. That's what some people will say. How true is that? Well, I think having a high income helps for sure. It's easier to save uh, 50% when you're making 150, you save $75,000 versus when you're making $50,000 to save $25,000, that's for sure. But I think when we look at it, when we look at dif it differently, the whole FI movement focuses on three things. It's your income, your expenses, and the difference. So what, whatever level of income you're at, if your expenses are way lower than what you earn and you use that difference to optimize it and invest it in a very responsible, uh, low cost uh, index fund, the, the more you're able to have the difference between your income and your expenses, the better that you're able to get to financial independence. So in this community, we always talk about money. It's, we talk a lot about money, but it's not definitely the focus. The focus is not about on the money. The focus is mainly on how do you buy back your time? Instead of working all the way to your 65 or 70 to retire, how can you get to that level earlier in your 30s, in your 40s, or even in your 50s? And then you have options. When you have enough to, to be able to retire, you have options to work or not to work. And when you work with, without the need of the money to fund your lifestyle, but you're working because you like what you do, it's a total different ballgame. That's what I would say. I, I would say, I'm not going to lie, that it, it would definitely help more if you earn a larger income. And that's why we look at it in the income side. If, you, if you're in the low income side, how can you increase that? If you uh, can walk up the, uh, the, um, the corporate ladder, or if you can have a side hustle that would give, bring in income, anything that you can do to bump your income up, lower your expenses, optimize the difference, and that's the way to reach the financial independence. But is it possible for somebody making average wages in this country to be financially independent, somebody making $60,000 a year, 50, 70, can they achieve FI? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I have no doubt about it. Well, if you look at it, Pa, it's, the, it's, it's basically when you're making 60 and your, your housing is low, which is the big chunk of your, your, your uh, expenses, yes. and, you're, and you're, you're not new, financing new cars. You, you, you have a, a, a dependable, reliable car that you keep for a long, long time without going back into debt. And your food budget, those are things that you can control. And once you have those under control, you can save the difference and get to financial independence fast, faster. So here's the thing. If you spend 100000 a year, you would need way more. We would, get to, we would get to that equation of how much you need to retire. But you would need way more than someone who spends 30000 30, a year or 20000 a year to be able to be financially independent. So definitely it's doable for sure. Now, some people will say, I mean, as we all know in the uh, fire community, 
you need to be investing a lot more than the average person is investing between i would say 40 to 70 percent most of the time some people believe that this is not real estate you cannot do that i mean i have all these bills i have all these debts i have you know all of these things that are happening in my life there's no way this whole fire community is real estate what do you say to that oh yeah yeah it's definitely realistic to be able to save 50 or 70 percent 50 percent of your income it's definitely not easy you have to get certain things right okay let's go back to housing if you do if you buy a bigger house that takes 40 percent of your income you're not going to be able to save easily 50 percent but if your housing cost is low and other people like my brother he's he's house hacking you know he just got a new house and he is by himself and he has three bedrooms so he can easily rent out the other two bedrooms and that would basically pay for his mortgage and if you it's basically leaving for free so at that point his house payment is very minimal and he can save you know you can save a lot more if your if your house payment is really really small and the other thing is your control is your transportation and it means more than just car payments you know repair costs uh, gas like for us me and you we I, I barely drive much. We mm-hmm. take the bus to work and take the bus back home, which is very convenient, you know, and basically your ga- our gas bill is pretty low and um, driving less and repair costs would probably low if you don't have any car payments. So those are the things that you look at and say, how can I cut this down so that I still earn the same or even can have a side hustle that will bring me more income but still keep my expenses low that I can save the difference, which could be up to like 30, 40. I know people that are saving up to 70% of their income for sure, making, making really normal wages. Right. Now, I'm, I'm going to switch to the, the Trinity study. This is something that you and I are you know, very familiar with. And um, this was a study that was done um, for, uh, I would probably say mostly for the uh, fire community about what rate of withdrawal would be good for them to be conveniently retired, you know, for the rest of their lives. And what they came up with was about 4% of your investments. If you are able to um, withdraw 4% of your investments, you you should be fine. But most people will probably say that 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 is not realistic. You know, you cannot um, live off of that. So if you were given that argument, you know, what will you say? And some people will even say that, that that rule is outdated also because it was based on, I think about 50% stocks and 50% bonds or, or something like that. What will you say about the 4% rule? And um, is this something that you still think that is doable? Absolutely. I read a really amazing article about the... Um four percent rule and basically what the four percent rule is it's basically a rule of thumb by the uh, following the trinity study basically if you have investment that is making six to eight percent a year and you only withdraw four percent of that investment you still leave the principal you still have the principal and the extra two percent that is making a year and you just withdraw 4% of the in, of that investment every year 
the the chances of surviving for the rest of your life without on that initial investment is really high 95% or all the way to 100%. So that's what the three minutes three minutes study is based on. For example, if I only spend $20,000 a year, okay, I need what 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 amount do I need to give me for if I withdraw 20 24% to give me $20,000? I need about half a million dollars. So if I have $500,000 in investment making 6 to 8% and I only withdraw $20,000 a year, that money is still growing while I'm still withdrawing some of that money. So that means that the goal of getting to financial independence is on this 4%. It's in that question that you asked me. What is mm-hmm. the goal? What is the goal of financial independence? How do I know I, I, I have enough to live a financially independent life? It's in that question. 4% rule, which means that the amount that I need to be financially independent is 4% of my investment. So if you look at it, that's tw- my, if, I, if I need a certain amount of, uh, of my living expenses, I need 25 times that to know what my goal is to be financially independent. So if I, if, if I need $40,000 a year to, right. to, 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 to live on, that's my expenses mm-hmm. a year, I need about a million dollars, which is 25 times 40,000 to give you a million dollars in investment, making 60, making six to 8% a year. And I only withdraw 4% of it. Oh, okay. So let's say then my expenses are $5,000 right now with housing and everything. A year? So or a month? Uh, no, a month. So okay. $5,000 a month okay. with, with housing and everything. So okay. for 12 months, that's $60,000. Mm-hmm. So are you telling me that in order for me to reach my financial independence number, I have to times that $60,000 by 25, which gives me about $1.5 million. Absolutely. Is that right? That is correct. Now, but also there's, an, there's another side to the equation. Mm-hmm. What if I don't have any more housing expenses by the time I reach retirement? Now, that would make things different, right? Absolutely. So here's, here, here's what I look at it. If you anticipate that you're going to be spending less in the future, that's, that's totally different. But what we know now is how much you're spending now. Okay, so you, if you're spending $5,000 a year, for, uh, a month right now, mm-hmm. that's $60,000 a year, you need $1.5 million to retire with your current expenses. Now, yes. if that changes, if your expenses changes, especially if it change, if it happens to be lower, man, you have so much gravy on top of the biscuit. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, you, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even need the 4% rule. You would probably be at 3% or 3.5%, which is amazing. So Definitely. when I looked at my fine numbers, well, I say numbers because I, I calculated it in two ways. If I have a mortgage all the way to five, my number is way more than if my house is paid off at that time. So way more, the, the difference mm-hmm. is huge. So it's personal finance and it's personal and it depends on your life right now. What we know right now is what you're spending right now. But if that changes, hopefully 
lower your expenses, then that would be that would mean you would need less to be financially independent and you would be way, way ahead of the game. Right. Definitely. And one thing that most people do not understand about this FIRE movement is, I mean, we all know it stands for financial independence, retire early. But that last part, retiring early, I mean, some people cannot just understand the idea of retiring at the age of 45. What am I going to be doing for the rest of my life? Am I going to be sitting at the beach in Cancun or am I going to be just staying home, not doing anything. Can you explain to the folks what that retire early stands for? It's, is it what we think it is or is it something different? And I totally understand that it's going to be different for everybody, but is it truly retiring early? When we chose a name for this podcast, we just post, chose FI, FI Talk. We did not right. put the retire RE in there. The reason mm-hmm. is... Financial independence is personal. So if you choose to retire, uh, if you choose to add the retire early, that's your, that's an option that you have. But for most of the people that I know that are actually financially independent, they still work as hard or even harder than when they were working. But they have the option. It's an option. If you're still working in a regular W-2 job and you love what you do, Financial independence gives you just gives you option. You get to finance. You are financially independent. You're working because you love what you do, and that is a totally different ball game. That you're working just to pay the bills. Or if you don't like what you do, and you get to a level where you're financially independent, you can quit that and get a side hustle, get a hobby. Most people that I know that that are on this path usually retire to something, not retire from just retiring from their job, but they retire to something. Some of them are blogging, doing other things that are really volunteering their time, doing things that are really helping in their community, or even just helping other people that are on the same path by mentoring them and getting them more information. I feel like it gives you more options, but doesn't does not mean that you have to retire when you get to financially independent. And the magic word there, I think it's options. It gives you options. And I think everybody at least deserves to have that option when you get to a point that you don't want to work anymore. You know, for, or me, it, you, mm-hmm. for me, uh, you can go ahead. it's about the freedom. Okay. Yes. So it gives you freedom of time. And once you get to a level where you don't need to work, you can take more time off. You can travel exactly. more. You can mm-hmm. you can you can do work part time if you enjoy what you're doing, uh, and you know enjoy time with your family. If you have young kids, the, that that's precious time that you're you're spending with them. You know, mm-hmm. it's just the way you have more options. You and get for the most part, you know, I just think that you know everybody. There's this question that everybody needs to ask themselves: Is there anything out there that you would rather be doing? and enjoy it and not even get paid for it. If you have that, I think you should be aiming for financial independence. You know, you just go for it. Like this is a hobby that I have that even if nobody's paying me for it, I'll be doing it because it makes me happy. For me, it is podcasting. What are we doing right now? I would rather be doing this than being at a job that I hate. And I know that the only thing that can make me do that is if I'm financially independent. So Everybody should have a hobby 
or something that they enjoy doing, whether you're getting paid or not, just enjoy doing it. Yeah, for me though, I uh, I always have something that's going on. Like first, it was my uh, photography website. You know, I yes. enjoy taking pictures and all that stuff. And now, uh, when you when you pitched at me about starting a podcast, I was like, well, that sounds interesting. I would uh, definitely jump on it. And definitely, it's been amazing. The learn the things that I learned from just being able to set up a little, uh, you know, a regular WordPress website or, you know, just adding podcasts, you know, editing, all this other stuff that I'm learning. It's called talent stacking. Basically, you're building mm. up talent by doing these things. So I actually happen to love what I do at my W2 job. When uh, I remember a long time ago, my wife thought when she was at her old, old company, that the job over there was pretty stressful. She thought that I was crazy by how much I love what I what I was doing at that time. <laughs> and now that she's in a in her dream job and in a company that really she enjoys working for, she understands how I feel felt at that time. I still enjoy what I do, but some people that don't really have too much passion for what they do, financial independence is a very good option. At that time, it would give you time. It would give you freedom. It would give you options. And you wouldn't be always freaking out when there's laid up, layoff or, or follow. I remember when we got followed a couple of uh, last year, it was it, it could have been stressful for some people. But I also had co-workers who volunteered an extra week of follow. You know. Oh, wow. That, yeah. You know, it was mandatory one week, but they, they chose to, to follow for two weeks. So that's, that's another option that taking care of your money uh, how, get into a good financial position does for you. It's just like you said, though. I mean, just having that hobby and also loving what you are doing. I mean, that that is just the key. I mean, because most people get to get up every day and you can see it in their face how miserable they look. You know, when they come to work, they are just not happy to be there. I think if you are in that situation, you should at least consider FI and at least get out of that toxic um, environment and make sure that you are doing something that you love. Yeah, and uh, we always talk about money in the fire community, but I feel like it's not really about accumulating a lot of money. It's about yes. buying your most precious resource, which is your time. Your and time, time is yeah. the only thing that that you cannot buy. You know, you cannot buy more time. You only everybody, all of us have just a limited amount of time that we have. So you either work your whole life, or you get to a place where you have options to yes. enjoy more of your time, enjoy more with the loved ones. Because most people, it's not about the money that uh, just sits in the investment account that makes them happy. It's about the things that they do. Most of us, we be like relationship with family and, and your loved yes. one and enjoy spending time with your loved ones. And that's what so much, that's what the option of financially independent gives you. I know people, I, I've, I've read blogs about people that retire in their 30s and get to enjoy the raising of their kids their kids don't even know that they get to go to work they enjoy all the time the whole day with their kids drop them off at school pick them up all that stuff is because they got to a financial financial position where it lets them to not have to go to work every day but if you do enjoy what you do at work more more props to you for sure it's just like you said money is just a tool that is used to free up your time Money is not what people think it, it really is, you know, that you have to 
accumulate a whole lot of it, you know, in, in order to make you happy. Just like I've said in the first episode, money doesn't make you happy. Uh, being broke also doesn't make you happy. So money is just a tool that you use just to be able to buy more time. Was so it Zig Ziglar? Was it Zig Ziglar that said that I've been rich and I've been broke, but it feels better to be rich? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think I think I heard that somewhere. But uh, yeah, definitely it gives you option. You can either yes. keep working because you love what mm -hmm. you do, mm -hmm. or you can scale back. Imagine how much power you have when you right. go to your boss and say, I enjoy working here. I enjoy doing yes. X, Y, and Z but I really don't like doing, you know, these other things. And when you get to a financial position to say, can I just focus more on my time doing these things without being, without having the fear of being fired or being let go? Can you imagine how much you are talking at a position of strength? Yes. That way you enjoy more of what you do instead of just, just doing, doing it for the money. And for the most part, your employer or your boss will probably be able to sense that you do not really have to have this job in order to survive. That gives you, you know, a little bit more leeway. I read this book, The Simple Path to Wealth by J.L. Collins. He called it your FU money. You have your FU money that, I mean, you can be walking around, you know, the workplace knowing that you have your FU money. If anything is to happen, I mean, you can just... Go ahead and quit knowing that, you know, you will just be fine. So having that FU money, I mean, that, I mean, since the time I read that, I'm like, okay, I need to have my FU money because if anything is to happen, you know, at my workplace and I get fired, I mean, knowing that I have my FU money will definitely help me a lot. So that is something that I really make sure that, you know, it's at the back of my mind all the time. And, you know, um, so. and your FU money doesn't have to be your total financial independence right number, does it right it just yeah, gives you it, some options some more options exactly while you're still exactly. working exactly but, but once you get to your financial independence uh number you can which is 25 times your expenses you can either choose mm -hmm. to work because you love it or you can scale mm -hmm. back work part-time or you can yes. get a side side uh a side hustle or uh, hobby that mm -hmm. if that you cannot rely on it for your, all your expenses, but you don't need to rely on it for all your right. expenses. You can just do it as a hobby because that, that's what you love. Like you said, loving the way you love podcasting, you know, whether yes. it brings income or not, you love doing it and you can just do that as your main job. And I think that that's, that's a position of strength. Now, Chris Hogan said that retirement is not about age. It's a financial yes. number. That's and true. I feel like each one of us has to have that number. We may not know it, but the FIRE community explained to us how to calculate that number, which is 25 times your expenses. So if you're spending too much and you can cut it down, your financial number, your financial independence number becomes way less than what it would have been if you, were, if you had a car payment or an, or the big house and all that stuff. So it's not about age, it's a number. And once you get to that number, you choose whether to work or not to work. And in the fire community, there's so much stuff that they do well. 
we do well it's finding creative ways to uh to um reduce your expenses you know whether it's you switching from your big cell phone company to you know a low cost cell phone company get still get the same benefit from your cell phone but paying much 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 less and i which i just like- did by the way i mean after our last episode i just went and decided to change my cell phone plan and now i'm paying significantly less than what i've been paying so thanks for that recommendation man oh yeah no worries man this is the uh fi uh uh journey man we uh we're here to share ideas you know i know i learned a lot from you and definitely if everybody does uh take at least one tip from our podcast every episode and implement that in your life you could kind of start seeing the benefit as you go along and to ask you how much uh, do you think your former plan costs you don't have to give me the numbers but percentage wise how much are you paying versus how much you used to pay on your cell phone i can definitely give you the number i mean i was paying uh, about 140 just for wow. two phones a so month what, but 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 yes a month but now with our new plan now my wife uses significantly less data than i do because all i do is just listen to podcasts and watch youtube videos so that takes a lot of data so she's on a plan that uses less data and i'm on the plan that uses more data but combined we're paying together $35 you know a month compared wow. to $140 that we were paying so you did say the name of the company during our last episode but because of the fact that they are not sponsoring this episode or anything like that we don't want to be kind of giving them promotions you know and stuff like that so if anybody wants to know the name of the company you can listen to our previous episode which is uh, which was called um, living paycheck to paycheck Yeah, I am so impressed that you are actually saving $105 a month. You know, that goes a long way when it comes to investing. And I I don't know I don't know what the numbers are, but to calculate your fine number and subtract $105 a month, it would be significantly less. Oh, definitely. Your fine number would be definitely. significantly less. And just I- because and just because I'm saving that doesn't mean that I have to find or have to create another expense now and put that 105 there. No. Just because I'm saving that now, I'm making sure that goes straight to investment. I am not creating any other new um, expenses, you know, just because I'm saving this much money now, because that's what gets people in trouble. And I am not doing that. This one is going straight to investments. Yeah. And another thing that they, that's what just one example of how creative people in the fire community are when it comes to reducing their expenses. There's so many other ways, you know, the housing, house hacking, you know, uh credit card rewards you know there's so many other ways you know just buying a used car instead of a brand new car i bought a brand new car but i kept it for 10 years and i'm i'm still driving it i'm probably keeping that for another 10 15 years it's wow. it's i love that car so and another way that the, that's common in the fire community is try to boost your income we talked about that a little bit on our last episode but when you're trying to uh, you know when you uh look at the equation it's income expenses and the difference so yes. the the less you spend the more you earn that's how the, the 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 difference gets bigger which is what you use to save and invest and that's another point in the fire community where we make saving and investing a priority my first 10 years of my working career 
I didn't invest. Basically, I was doing the minimum 5% uh, pension, mandatory pension. Mm -hmm. But once we make, once you get onto this plan, once you we know better, you make saving and investing a priority. Now it's a Roth IRA, it's your 403B, whatever it's available for your tax deferred investment, do that. And then also after tax investment, we make that also a priority. Yes. And, you know, just just optimizing your taxes. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, we have uh, pretty much um, talked about everything that um, we are uh, going to be talking about today about the uh, FIRE movement and um, ways that you can get to FIRE, you know, and the goals of FIRE or, or the goals of the FIRE movement, you know, and stuff like that. So uh, I will just let you, you know, um, just kind of wrap up, AJ, if there's anything else that um, we did not touch that you may want to um, get to. No, um, I think we uh, we actually definitely went through the um, the 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 main gist of this episode was to be able to know how much is enough when you when you get to that enough. A lot of people in the fire community know their fire number, which is twenty five times your expenses. If you can reduce your expenses twenty five times, that becomes a lot less than what it used to be. Right, and the difference how fast you get to that depends on how much you're shoveling into your investments, which is your savings rate. Uh, people, if you're saving 15%, it takes you a lot longer to get to that 25 times your uh, expenses than if you're saving 50% or if mm-hmm. you're saving 70%. Can you imagine if you're saving 70%, it takes you less than 10 years yes. to get to financial independence. And that's a position of strength. And I think that we've also given out a lot of tips about how to reduce your expenses, whether it's uh, buying a house that's just in enough and not too big, doesn't come mm-hmm. with a, a huge mortgage payment, mm-hmm. or reducing reducing your other expenses like transportation and food. We've talked right. about that in the past right. episode. Right. And also optimizing the difference, whether you're shoveling your money into tax-deferred accounts by uh, mm-hmm. reducing your tax liability, or you have your uh, after-tax uh, brokerage that you just shoveling, that you just put in money into it in low-cost, broad index fund that just tracks the market. And I feel like this would get you to financial independence. And whether you're getting this in five years or in 15 years, you are on a track that at least you know that there's light at the end of the tunnel instead of just going through life and waiting till you're 65 or 70 to be able to enjoy your life. And I feel like that's what we needed to get across in this episode. If you guys have any questions, please give us a e- send us an email at fitalkpodcast at gmail.com. And to support our podcast, just subscribe to this FI Talk podcast wherever you're listening to it. You can visit us at fitalkpodcast.com and also leave us a review if you have any benefit from this episode. And if you have any benefit from any other episode, share it with a friend or family member that you know could benefit from it. And until next time, this is the FI Talk podcast. My name is AJ and my co-host, Pa. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll be back next week with another um, interesting topic. And um, do we give them a sneak peek, AJ, of what we're going to be talking about next week? Yeah. You think? Why don't you start? Why don't you get get them? Uh, give them a sneak peek of what we will. Be well, talking. next week we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, which is your health and your money. And we're going to be 
talking about one of the um, investments that most people in the in the uh, FI community know about that most people do not pay too much attention to, which is the health savings account. This is a very, very uh, important account that I believe that most people who are in FI, they have it. And there's certain ways that you can use it that it can be very, very beneficial. So this will be something that we'll be talking about next week. And we're hoping that you guys will tune in and um, take a listen. Yeah, it would be really fun. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks, guys.